Ronald Acuna Jr. himself said he wants to be a Brave for life. Should the Atlanta Braves make that happen right now? I'll answer that question and many, many more on today's mailbag episode of Locked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast, and maybe I'll answer them on an episode, just like I'm going to do all episode long today. It is our Mailbag Friday episode. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We are officially on the road to 10K by opening day. Let's see if we can make it happen. If you've already subscribed, you can help me get there by hitting that thumbs up button on the video. Had a couple of people tell me that they listen on audio, but they still go over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Thank you so, so much. But if you listen on audio, I really appreciate you as well. If you could, make sure you leave me a five-star review on Apple, Spotify. Really, really helps out the show. And thank you so much for your support here at Locked on Braves. Got a lot of people here already with me on a Friday night for the live uh, portion of the episode. We got Chris Fields, Chuck McMillan in here, Sean Finley, Manny915, Mad Mock. Haven't seen you in here in a while. Glad you were able to join them, Matt. Golden Child, Graham, David Aguinness, Gidster, and Kevin Clone in here with me right now. Thanks so much for joining me for the Mailbag Friday episode. I know for a lot of you out there, it's your favorite episode of the week. It's mine as well because you always come up with some unbelievable questions, and we're going to answer a lot of those today. Before we do, though, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers can join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And let's jump into the questions because as it typically happens, we have a lot of questions to go through today. I believe another one, over 20 questions in here to answer. So try to get to all these if I can. If I missed your question, as always, put it down in the comments section below on YouTube. I try to get to all of those there. We're going to start out today, though, talking about the comments from Ronald Acuna Jr., who showed up at camp on Friday. Uh, didn't have to be there yet, but he showed up early like just about everybody. I think pretty much everybody is already in camp for the Braves, which is typically the case these days when the MVP shows up and there's going to be a lot of microphones around him. And he had some really good stuff. A lot of great comments uh, on Friday as he showed up to camp. You haven't listened to all those, go back and give them a listen. But we want to talk about obviously the one that had Braves fans in their feelings on a Friday morning for a good reason, uh, because he was asked about, you know, whether or not he would like to stay around uh, in Atlanta uh, for his career. And, you know, of course he's going to say yes, but it seemed even more definitive to that. And look, it's coming through a translator. So it's really hard to understand or, or get into, you know, how he's actually trying to, um, you know, put the message message across uh, and what that looks like or what it really sounds like coming from him. But 
you know, the quote from, from Franco and how he interpreted it, he said, basically said, yes, you know, it's no secret. He wants to be a brave for life. And he even added on, I hope that it happens soon. Um, I don't think, first of all, that that means there are any current talks going on about that. I think that's just, you know, something he threw on in the end. I don't, I don't think there's any negotiations or talks happening to currently extend Ronald Acuna Jr. past where he already is. Look, they don't have to make that decision on him for quite some time, but it's certainly great to hear your MVP superstar say that. And for any of the haters out there that want to say, you know, Ronald's not happy. He doesn't like his current contract. He's upset. He's getting, you know, so le- so much less than all these other players out there. Hopefully that comment puts all this to bed. He loves being here and he wants to be here for the rest of his career. Here's the thing. The Braves have five more years of control over Ronald Acuna Jr. at $17 million a year. They have control over him through his age 30 season for no more than $17 million a year. There is no rush from the Braves' side of things to have to make any moves right now. Look, I I hope it doesn't happen. I hate that I even have to say this, but he could tear. He could have another, I don't even want to say what what it could be. He could have another major injury. And then, you know, all of a sudden this deal could look very, very bad. Now he's already had one major injury and coming back for it, but as you get older and, you know, maybe you re-injure something or something else major happens, it's obviously a lot more risky for pitchers, in my opinion, but, We've seen it happen with position players as well. And when you have five more years of control over somebody at a very team-friendly discount, there's honestly no reason at all to even approach this subject with Ron Acuna Jr. for, in my my, my mind, at least a couple of years. Unless you just really, really want to get this done now and you feel like you can get the best value, the best team value now, then maybe you go ahead and do it and lock him up through his age 37 season or whatever, give him seven more years on what he already has, seven or eight more years. If you want to do that and you're confident in that, I'll be ecstatic if it happens tomorrow. We'll have an emergency podcast on here and we will talk about it. But from an organization business standpoint, there's just really no rush to do it at the moment. So let's get into the questions because we obviously have a couple following those comments. Nancy says, after Witt's contract, I'm worried again about Acuna. He mentioned he wants to stay a Brave. I know he has a contract, but they they can do something now to make him happy and show the respect for him. My worst fear is he's going to the Mets to be with his brother. Then his contract is up. Again, there is still five more years of Ronald Acuna Jr. There's a good chance that Ronald's brother isn't a Met. <laughs> after five more years. I mean, I, I, he's a really good prospect. I think he's going to come up and, and stick and have a, a job at the big league level, but I, I wouldn't be worried about that at all. Um, I wouldn't. I shouldn't say at all, but again, you still have five more years of team-friendly control over Acuna. I, I wouldn't get too worried about it at the moment. And like I said, point to Nancy here, who, who may be one of those people that's worried that Ronald – maybe has some sort of ill will towards the Braves because of the the team-friendly deal that he is on and seeing all these other players, like she mentioned, Bobby Witt getting paid. Hopefully this comment should make you feel a little bit better about that and the fact that 
he apparently still has a ton of love for this organization and wants to be here forever. So I wouldn't worry about either of those things. Leland says, hey, Jake, do you think we should extend Acuna's contract now? I know he's under contract until 28. Ronald has publicly stated he wants to be a Brave for life. I think we should make that happen ASAP. Kind of already covered this. I'd be happy if they did it. I think from a business standpoint, it doesn't make a lot of sense to do it right now. Like I said, unless he's willing to take another you know, team-friendly deal, which team-friendly with Acuna is probably $30 million a year. <laughs> but uh, again, unless he was willing to do something like that and you could lock him up through his age, 37, 38 season, and you know it's not just overly ridiculous. Otherwise, I just don't think there's a ton of reason to do it ASAP. Uh, Leland also said, who do you view as strong possibilities for drafting out of the SEC? A little too early for that. You know, Charlie Kahn, and we talked about this on last Monday's podcast, would love to get him, but I think he's going to go higher than that. Thatcher Hurd, who had a bit of a rough start uh, on Friday for LSU. He is right now kind of my Hurston Waldrop target for the back of the first round. Somebody that has big stuff but struggles with command, if he ever puts it together, could be a top of the rotation arm. So those are just a couple of names that, I'll go ahead and mention right there. But uh, we will go ahead and put a cap on the Acuna situation. We can certainly continue it in the comment section below. Uh, JK does says, there's no way the Braves keep Acuna if they let this go another five years. Well, if he goes to free agency, I agree. They will not, they will not be able to re-sign him. I'm just saying there's no reason right now to really extend him give it another year or two again he post you know some more good season continues to stay healthy sure we can have this conversation i'm just saying there's more time to have it it doesn't have to happen right now but you're right jk i think if he gets the free agency i, I think he's gone uh but hopefully that doesn't happen hopefully they do make him a brave for life i definitely want to see that happen for the organization and for the fans i think that would be outstanding all right, next, we got a lot more questions to get to. That was just two of the 20 that we have. We'll get into the rest of them here next. Never lose a file again with Backblaze. Backblaze helps making your backup your access your data astonishingly easy. Black Backblaze offers unlimited backup for Macs, PCs, and businesses for just $99 a year. That's not a month, that's a year. Easily protect business data through a centrally managed admin. Protect all the data on your machines automatically. It's easy to deploy across multiple workstations with various deployment options. Add-on enterprise control includes granular access permissions, advanced single sign-on, group management controls, and compliance support. Backblaze offers multiple restore options, including rapid recovery in the event of data loss or ransomware. Access your backed up data from anywhere in the world using their web app or on iOS and Android apps. Over 55 billion files have been restored for Backblaze customers. So make sure you visit backblaze.com slash locked on MLB so they know where you came from. It's another way that you can help support the show. Again, received a fully fe featured no risk free trial at backblaze.com slash locked on MLB. Go there, play with it, start protecting yourself from potential bad times. Start today. 
Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day and with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And now you can find it over on Amazon Fire TV. All right, we're wrapping up this week of podcast. A really good week. If you haven't, make sure you go back and check out our Miners Monday, looking at college prospects. We talked about the five biggest storylines in spring training, all the position battles, and the upcoming class of free agents next offseason. On Monday, I'll tell you which Braves player has the best chance to win Rookie of the Year this upcoming season, and we'll have some more spring training content as well. Let's dive back into the questions, though, because like I said, we got a lot more to get to. A couple coming from Cavs Buckeyes always sends in great questions. Says, if Jordan Montgomery was willing to come to the Braves on a four-year, $110 million deal, would you do it? The longer this drags on, the more I feel like he'd be a great bridge arm, assuming uh, Friend's departure. Freed's departure, I think, is what Cavs is trying to say there. Um I would do that deal for Montgomery. I think he is a safe bet. I don't think he's a top of the rotation guy. I think he's a middle of the rotation guy, somebody who I honestly could see falling back. But I went back and watched several of his starts this offseason. I mean, it's really good command. It's good movement on his pitches. Uh, you know, and it's not it's not terrible velocity. Mid-90s can get up there. So I, I like that deal. I would certainly do it for Montgomery. Uh, my question is, any just about any – big deal like that that the Braves were to do right now it takes them into that that third luxury tax where the they lose you know the draft pick goes back 10 spots obviously play a higher surcharge on those overages I just don't know if the Braves are willing to do that if they are and you can get a deal like that from Montgomery or even Snell if he's willing to take a lesser deal uh, yeah I, I would be all over that Cas Buckeye says who gets the ball on opening day who would you give it to? I give it to Max Freed. I am I am definitely somebody who gives it to the the, the captain, the guy that's been around the longest. I, I would give the ball to Max Freed, even though I do think Spencer Strider is the better pitcher and he's the one I'm going to pick uh, to win the Cy Young in the NL. I'd give it to Max Freed. He's the more tenured player. Uh, that's who I'd give it to. And then last one, or nope, not the last one from Cats Buckeyes, but he also asked Ronald, uh, was in a Super Bowl commercial and is the cover for Tops this year. Is he on his way to being the most famous baseball player in the world outside of Otani? I think it's certainly possible. Definitely, if he puts up another year, you know, like he just had, and not even really to that level, but maybe wins another MVP, has some big moments in the postseason, gets the Braves back to a World Series. I- I've talked about this before. Major League Baseball needs to market him like crazy. You know, I talked about the fact that he was on their social media feed, going to the MLB store. There needs to be more of that with Ronald. He seems to enjoy it and doesn't really seem to affect him on the field. And you see how much he loves it going back to his hometown and playing or his home country rather in playing. I think it's a, I think it's a huge missed opportunity if they don't take every advantage to market Ronald Acuna Jr. Who again, doesn't seem to have any problem with that. And look, I have no problem with Mike Trout not wanting that level of, of attention. That is that is his prerogative. I have no issues with that. But you got a player in Ronald who seems to be okay with that. And he is the most exciting player in baseball, you know, outside of Otani. Yeah, I think they absolutely should be all over marketing him as much as they can. 
Cass Buckeye says, have you ever inquired about going on Effectively Wild for the Braves edition of their annual team preview series? I feel like no one knows the state of the team and fan base better than you would be a great fit. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, have not thought about it. Have not obviously been asked, but maybe poke those guys, let them know. I uh, would certainly love to go on there. I know it's one of the best baseball podcasts out there and rates really, really high on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Jay Cho says Jordan Montgomery isn't too dissimilar from Aaron Nola, reliable innings and doesn't rely on velocity to get outs. Montgomery to the Braves solves a lot of issues. So kind of already had a similar question on this. I would do it, uh, especially if the price is coming down. Uh, I would definitely do that uh, and sign Montgomery if the Braves can get him. I think you, know, you mentioned the innings. Uh, that's certainly is something that Alex Anthopoulos feels okay paying for. Now, I think there's some durability there with Montgomery, I think he's somebody – I think Nola has more upside. I think at times he can pitch like a number two. I don't know that Montgomery can, although I say that. You know, he did that at times really the last couple of years, but I see him more as a number three starter, but somebody who's reliable and somebody who's going to give you a chance to win. So I like Montgomery. I talked about him early in the offseason, how I think he's a great fit for this team. So if the price has come down significantly, I would be on board with that happening. Dustin Mount said, would the best use of Fletcher be to use him in Gwinnett so he can play every day and maybe a team has a need and will take part of the money if, if he can show he is playing well rather than sitting on the MLB bench and rarely playing? Come up if an emergency arises. I think that's a good point. One, I haven't really thought about, you know, there's been the idea out there, and I've said it myself, that maybe they put Guillaume and David Fletcher both on the bench, but with, with Snicker and Anthopolis talking about the fact that that last bench spot might go to somebody with speed. It has me thinking maybe they won't carry both Fletcher and uh, Guillaume. And if that's the case, you know, Guillaume is the one on the 40 man Fletcher's not. So there is the potential to leave him in Gwinnett. I don't know how good he would have to play for teams to all of a sudden want to take on even part of that contract, but uh, you know, it's a possibility a team gets in a tough spot. Uh, they need somebody with some bat-to-ball skills who has some big league experience. You know, maybe there's the possibility that, that they would take on Fletcher and at least some of that money. Um, again, I don't know how likely that is or the Braves would make that decision banking on that happening, but it's not the worst idea, especially, again, if you want to keep more speed on the bench and not two guys that pretty much feel the same role in Guillaume and Fletcher. Tyler, it's over Martin. Do you expect Matzik to have a huge comeback year, or will this be more of a work in progress until he's 100%? So for relievers coming back, I would expect some rust early on, but I would hope at least by midseason we see him at whatever 100% is for Tyler Matzik right now. I do worry that perhaps he doesn't get back to, you know, the 2021 level of Tyler Matzik. We saw some decline in that in 2022. Obviously, how much was that affected by, you know, the injury? But I do worry he doesn't get back to that level. And he was still fine in 2022. But I don't know that we will see that that dominant side of Matzik again. A lot's going to depend on the velocity, which had dipped down in that 2022 season. Can he get that velocity back up? I would, again, I would expect some rust. I'll give him a pass for whatever happens the first two months. You know, really once we get toward June, July, I would expect as a relief pitcher coming back, hopefully at that point, he's at whatever his new 100% looks like. Jonathan Serrell says, Ronald has said he wants to be a Brave for life. What does the contract to make it hap make that happen look like? 
I mean, that is that is the question. And I think you could throw up any number right now, and it it could look ridiculous. I mean, the whatever Juan Soto gets next offseason, that's what Ronald Acuna should get. And Soto's probably going to get a $400 million contract. Now, Acuna's not going to get that because he's already locked up for four more years after this year at 17 million a year. And that's, that's not going to change in my opinion. Maybe you change the two option years and you increase those a little bit. I got to think regardless, he gets nothing less than 30 million a year and probably a contract that goes into his age 38 season. So Again, it's just really, really hard to predict what that looks like, but we'll have a, a much better idea when we when we see what Juan Soto gets this upcoming offseason. Dustin Mouse, any new thoughts on the Kelnick trade now that Cole Phillips just had his second Tommy John surgery a couple of weeks ago? It was Jackson Kowar traded Kyle Wright for and Cole Phillips for Kelnick, Evan White, and Marco Gonzalez. So, first of all, hate that for Cole Phillips. I I was super high on him. I had him in my top 10 after the draft last year. Uh, you know, got a chance to see a little bit of footage of him when he was working his way back. Stuff looked really good. I I really, really hate it for Cole Phillips. And again, hopefully he's able to get back out there because guy has, or kid rather, had, you know, really good potential. So I hate that for Cole Phillips. I hate it for the Mariners, but it's it's obviously this trade has become a, a huge win. For the Braves now, you know, really, really no matter what happened, then Les Cole Phillips just does come back and, you know, is able to, to reach that huge potential. But like I said, even when the trade happened and I thought Cole Phillips had this big potential, I said he's still four years away from that happen, happening. Jared Kelnick may not even be here. We, we may have already got our usefulness out of Jared Kelnick by the time Cole Phillips is ready. And now he's having a second Tommy John. I mean, you're talking uh, another five years four or five years before Cole Phillips has any type of impact at the big league level. So yeah, I mean, this trade obviously is a huge win now for the Braves, but the reason it's a huge win, you really hate it. I feel for Cole Phillips and I hate that for him. Hopefully he's able to recover and come back and be that pitcher that, that a lot of people thought, you know, myself included thought he could be. All right, several several more questions to get to uh, about the Braves, including some on the fifth starter spot. We'll answer those here next. Get buckets this NBA season with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. You can do all that over on FanDuel.com slash LockedOn or use their very simple and easy-to-use app. You're looking at NBA favorites right now as the NBA season's going on, NHL as well. The Celtics are heavy favorites. The Hawks are not looking too good this time around. But if you're out on NBA season, like me, you're getting ready for Major League Baseball season. They have those bets up as well. World Series favorites, division winners, MVP, Cy Young favorites, Rookie of the Year favorite. We're going to talk about Rookie of the Year favorites on Monday, and we'll be giving some of those odds 
from FanDuel, but you can check all that over. They got over-unders over there as well. I want to say last time I looked, Acuna's over-under on home runs was 37 and a half. I take the over on that. Uh, so you can see all that over on FanDuel.com slash locked on. Also, make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. want to remind you one more time, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel on YouTube and on Amazon Fire TV. Let's jump back into the questions here. JDK has a question about the fifth starter spot. It says, if Ronaldo Lopez wins the fifth spot, what happens to Bryce? Despite his second half struggles, would they really send him down? And yes, they would. He also put in the hashtag, respect your elder, uh, which I found pretty funny. But yes, they would. He has options. And so, again, it's it's nothing against Bryce Elder, who I think is a very fine back of the rotation major league pitcher. And as I said the other day, I think he's going to throw a lot of innings for the Braves this year. Before a major league baseball team to get through a 162 game season, you need depth. And Bryce Elder is somebody that they can send down. He has minor league options. They can send him down without fear of losing him. And like I said, I think he's going to pitch a lot of innings for the Braves this year. But if Ronaldo does come into spring training, they stretch him out. He looks good as a starter. I think he at least starts the year in the rotation, and they do send Bryce Elder down. And then I think he's going to be, you know, first man called up when a need arises, or if somebody gets hurt in spring training, gets set back, which tends to happen in spring training for the Braves. I think Bryce Elder will be right back there in the rotation. Caden Hurd says, do you see the Braves potentially adding another arm to the starting rotation? And do you think we go ahead and sign another arm for the bullpen as a future closer? So for this offseason, I I hope they bring in another veteran on a minor league deal. I, I would like to see that just to add some more depth. You'd have to find a veteran that, you know, is looking for a chance to win a world series is okay with spending time in the minor leagues, but I would love to see them bring another arm like that to add depth. I don't see them signing the Jordan Montgomery's like we talked about earlier in this podcast or the Blake Snell or anything like that, or even, you know, the Michael Clevengers who are still out there, but I could see them taking a chance on a, a veteran on a minor league deal. I think at most, maybe if somebody falls into, you know, a five mil and under type of situation, perhaps that happens, but I don't see them doing anything significant in the starting rotation or in the bullpen. I think they've done a pretty good job this offseason of you know getting arms in the bullpen to prepare for the future. And Iglesias is still under contract for next year as well. So I don't think that's a major need for them. Another one from JDK who says, Keith Ball recently ranked A.J. Smith-Shawver third in the system behind Schwellenbach. He specifically noted the exceptionally low spin rate on the slider and even throughout the word reliever. It's all subjective, but with most of us thinking ace potential, does this give you pause? I mean, the reliever risk has always been there with A.J. Smith-Schauber. It's, it's honestly there with Hurston Waldrop as well, because they both have command issues. And if those don't get resolved, it's going to be hard for them to 
you know, to make it as a starter. Because for one, they're going to throw a lot of pitches and not go very deep into games, which is going to hurt the team. So that's always been there with A.J. smith Shaver. The stuff is still good if it comes together. I think he's going to have, I don't know if ace potential, but, you know, number two starter. I think that's the ceiling I put on both of them. It's really hard to put ace, number one starter labels on any prospect. But I think both of them still have number two upside. I've already said this offseason. It's why I ranked Waldrop ahead of A.J. smith Shaver. I think Waldrop's more likely to hit that ceiling, and A.J. smith Shaver is more of a reliever risk, but he's still really, really young. The the Spencer, Spencer Schwellenbach one, I love Spencer Schwellenbach. I ranked him fourth in the system. I put him right there behind J.R. Ritchie, who's hurt. So if, you know, by default, you want to put Schwellenbach up there, I love Schwellenbach. So I agree with Keith Law on that, but I still think the upside for A.J. smith Shaver as a starter is higher than Schwellenbach. But I do love Schwellenbach, so I'm definitely on board with that. But you know, hearing Keith Law say that doesn't give me any more pause than what I already had with A.J. smith Shower because I do think there is reliever risk there with him. Brad Bradles P. says, uh, A is already seeming himself as a legend in Atlanta, in your opinion. What does he need to do to surpass Sherholtz? Win another World Series? I mean, that is, that is to me, in my mind, what completes this you know, dynasty, if you want to call it this, this run, this era that the Braves have is they got to get another world series. You get that. And honestly, you surpass that nineties, early two thousands run. Even if they don't go off to win 14 straight division titles, I think you put another world series under your belt with this group. I think that surpasses what your holes in those nineties teams did. So I, I think that's really you know, I hate it because I'm the one who says 162 over the postseason, but you know, most people look at championships and that's how they gauge success for a GM, for a team, an organization. So in my mind, you know, finishing out this decade, you know, if they can get through the rest of this decade to 2030, you know, win three or four more division titles, get to the postseason, you know, five, six more times, whatever it may be, win another World Series. I think this is the greatest run in Atlanta Braves history. Nick Chapman says, with his recent injuries, what do you think the expectations for Chris Sale will, will be going into the season? I would think if we got five to six innings each outing, that would be a win. And do you think Max Freed resigns, resigns during or after the season? I think if it happens for Freed, it's going to be after the season. For Chris Sale, I mean, he's healthy. I think he's going to go five or six innings each time he goes out there as long as he's pitching well. I think they probably will look for opportunities to skip him in the rotation and maybe limit his starts a little bit. It's certainly more important that he is ready for the end than any time over 162. Sorry, I got to move through the rest of these here pretty quickly. Chuck McMillan says, if Lopez ends up winning fifth starter spot, does Elder go to Gwinnett? Already answered that from another question. Yes, he does. Secondly, from Chuck, in this case, who is the favorite to land the long relief spot if Lopez is a starter? Uh, Taylor Widener's one I talked about the other day, I think might have a chance. Jackson Stevens uh, and then Waskari Noah, even if they wanted to start him out in the bullpen, those would be the three you know leading candidates for that long relief spot in the bullpen. Brandon McCormick says, Jake, can we get your predictions for results of preseason and at least win totals via FanDuel, Braves over under 101.5, Phillies 89.5, Mets 82.5, Marlins 78.5, and Nationals 66.5. So, 
just off the top of my head, I'd go over for the Nationals. Um, I think I go over for the Marlins as well. I don't know. That's a close one. I go under for the Mets. I go over for the Phillies. I I would smash that over for the Phillies. For the Braves, if it's at 101.5, that's a little bit tougher. I mean, winning 100 games three years in a row, but I mean, this team is better than the last two years, even three years, obviously. I think you got to take the over there well as well, but that one's pretty close. The most obvious one to me is the Phillies. If they don't win over 90 games with that team, that'd be a, kind of a disappointment. Carter Smith, you, your thoughts on Dakota Jordan, college baseball prospect out of Mississippi State. Really good hit tool. Um, really impressed with Dakota Jordan on a bad Mississippi State team last year. He really stood out. So I think he's a good hitter. Um, don't know exactly you know where he fits into this draft class, but I do like Dakota Jordan. I think he'll be a, a good hitter and a good prospect coming up. All right, sorry, running out of time here. We got a lot of great comments in the comments section. I'm going to go back and read through some of those. Matthew says, Jake, do you think the Braves would go after someone like Tim Anderson or Adam Duvall as a high upside bench player? Sounds like Tim Anderson could be going to the Marlins. I could see a reunion with Adam Duvall, get another right-handed bat for the bench who can play all three outfield spots. So I could see that happening, a reunion there. All right, thanks for all the questions submitted, whether on social media or here with me live. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. If you haven't already, hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you follow us on social media at shortstopball at lockdown underscore Braves. And if you're listening on the audio, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 